the show. This is Real Estate Radio. I'm Jason Stubbs. We appreciate you guys sticking around through that break and and, uh, tuning in every week. Coming to you right here from the beautiful Austin, Texas. And um, man, as our said before, uh, hearts and uh, uh, prayers go out to, to Houston, Texas. And guys, if you've got any folks out there that, that have any questions regarding uh, you know rental properties, whether you're you're a landlord or you're renting or you're about to buy or you have bought, you're in the process, you, you, you just bought, um, all those things, we're kind of sifting through this process now, but uh, we're here to help you. And uh, we got lots of folks uh, out there that uh, that have uh, some answers. So if you got any questions, uh, reach out to us, 512-640-9610. Uh, I'm sitting here um, with Kelly McKeon. And uh, Kelly, I mean, you, you've you've been on the show several times. Uh, we've had big conversations, man. Uh, you're, you're one of my favorites. Um, but uh, what, what's going on here, man? The retirement test run, your new book. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, I, the process was a long time running. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, really, I kind of just sat down one time and said, you know, quite literally talked to, I mean, probably 400 conversations wow. a month. So you're talking, you know, I probably talk 5,000, 6,000 people a year. And so I wanted to collaborate the common conversations that I have and some of the topics that we touch on in meetings. So they have a mm-hmm. reference point to go back to. And when I started organizing my thoughts, I started putting together a premise and I thought, well, why don't I just start where I started? There you, you go. Know? And when I was 22 years old. Uh, here we go. I know. The, where I, the, this is where the book came from. That's where it came. I got my first job, you yeah. know, at a computer company. You can probably figure out which one it is around mm-hmm. town. Big one. And, uh, you know, I worked enough hours, to, I guess, that Social Security sent me something, said that they're going to give me some money here when I turned 65 or 62 or whatever uh-huh. it was at the time that they sent it. And it was 720 bucks a month. I thought, oh, all right, let me see if I could live off that. And so I actually ran a test run for a month to see if I could live off of the only income source I had at the time, which was going to be Social Security, and it miserable failment, right? And it failed right away. It didn't take two weeks before I couldn't even pay my rent or anything like that on it. So I thought, well, what's the gap in my expenses and how am I going to make up that gap? And so even today now at 43, I still do a test run. So when I talk about in the book on how to run a test run, it's kind of figure out what your income sources are and then try and live off that and see what your retirement would feel like. And then that way you can fill in the gaps. So if you're close to retirement, absolutely important. If you're five years out, you want to know, well, this is what retirement is going to feel like. I'm good or I'm not good. And what am I going to do about it? But if you're 22 years old, same thing. If the only income source you have is social security, try it and you won't make it. But I've put in some techniques on how to remove some items to give you a more realistic way to run the test. And then, in that, I, I say, okay, well, obviously most people are going to fail. And if they do fail, well, here's some techniques. And then if you don't fail, I put in some techniques that are very advanced, some ways to really powerhouse your retirement and retire early and stuff like that. So, I mean, how, how do, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of folks out there, you know, inspire, you know, to write and uh, you know, a lot of creative folks out there, but, you know, actually, you know, putting the, the, the pen to paper or the, or the keys to the keyboard and, and just getting to work. I mean, what was that, what was that process like? You know, it's, it, it's organizing your thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you can kind of silence yourself for a moment and kind of think what it is and then just get it on paper. And once you get it on paper, then it starts to kind of, take some organization, but I, you know, I think it's real easy to write about a topic that you have a lot of information on and I have a lot of information on me. 
Yeah. Right. I know everything about myself. Right. And so I took, here's what made me successful. Here's what some things that I'm working on. Here's some things that other people have done that worked really well that I'm trying to do myself. And it just came together. And then, of course, editing input, getting some feedback. And then it's a work in progress. I mean, there'll be another edition, another edition. There's already two chapters I'm working on to add to the next one. So, I mean, but you, you, you kind of get to a point to where, you know, you, you put all your thoughts together. And, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's a huge task to get something, you know, completed and edited and bound and, and distributed and, and, and all of that. But, um, I mean, folks out there that are that kind of inspire to, to do that and, and, and uh, you know, just want to get something down. I mean, what, what advice can you, can you give them as far as, you know, even, you know, folks like me that have started started something and I'm, I'm, I'm on the two-year process so far and, and I don't uh, see the light at the end of the tunnel. What, what advice can yeah, you give us? Yeah, maybe don't. Right? don't maybe don't do it. <laughs> right. And in hindsight, if I'd have known it was this hard, I would have sat and thought it, but I would have still done it. Gotcha. It's just very difficult, but it really does make you better at whatever you do because I, I was not only forced to articulate what I already talk about, mm-hmm. it put organization in it. And so it makes even my meetings, my elevator pitch, and heck, I can hand it off and say, read this, and if you agree with me, then come in for a meeting and ask me targeted questions. It'll save both of us a couple of hours. And so it really hones in your process and makes you a better person, better employee, better uh, business owner, or whatever it is that you do. And so you don't have to publish it. You don't have to sell it. Sometimes it just helps just to sit down and write what you're about and what you're good at and what your process is, and that way you can become better at it. Gotcha. And I mean, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, just the, 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 you know, the, the, the consumption piece. I, I mean, we're going to wait for a little bit, but I mean, let's jump right into that. I mean, you've got, you got this book and a, a gist of this is, you know, uh, you know, being able to, you know, step away from, you know, your, your, your channels of income, you know, so you're, you go to your job, you come home. Well, you know, talk about that lateral move that you talk about. And, and also I kind of want to, to take a, a quick step into uh, the, the real estate side and how you can advise, you know, folks that are, are just getting into that real estate market, you know, kind of what house to buy, how to plan and, and uh, so forth. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the chapters talks about how uh, I think most people know how to turn their labor into money, right? You go to work, you get paid. Um, the par- process that people fail at is they don't know how to turn their money into labor. Gotcha. And it's not a form of slavery or anything like that, but just to use real estate, because you brought it up as an example, is that if I save $100,000 of my hard-earned money that I went out and worked for, no matter what I did to, to get it right, and I buy a, a piece of property and I put it out in the market because I don't need to live there, and the market says it's $1,000 a month to live there. Right. The person that lives there owes me what? Not $1,000, $1,000 of their labor. If they're a surgeon, it might take 15 minutes. If they're, you know, work at a bistro, it might take a whole month. But they have to go out and use their labor to give that for rent as a market to me. And so when you turn your labor into that, that money then becomes someone else's labor. So you can turn your labor into money and then your money into labor. Gotcha. Guys, Kelly McKeon, Senior Financial Advisor with All Fluent Wealth Management. And we're talking about his new book, Retirement Test Run. We got more to come. Uh, Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. 
Central Texas is Jason Stubbs here. This is Real Estate Radio. We're here every Sunday right here from the beautiful Patton Law Firm Studios, Austin, Texas. I want to take a special time to thank uh, uh, Assurance Roofing, uh, Dan Kitterling and, and the crew out there. Um, they've uh, they've been supporting our show for a long time. And, and folks, if you're in the Central Texas area, I'm telling you, Assurance Roofing is your folks. They're local. They're bonded. They're insured. Um, they know what they're doing. And, and with uh, the recent storms that have come through, <clears throat> got a little bit of wind, a little bit of rain, uh, they do free roof inspection. So it doesn't cost a thing. And and especially if you're thinking about listing your home, you want to have uh, Dan and Assurance Roofing come out. Um, they hop up there, take a peek, check it out, make sure everything's uh, tight and, uh, and working properly. And if it's not, they're real good at, uh, you know, getting with your insurance company, kind of going through those processes. They do it every day. So opposed to you guys having to do all that, they take that off your plate. They do that for you. Um, at no cost to you for uh, you know, just coming out and find out what's wrong, so that inspection's free. And uh, be sure, you know, uh, your roof's an important piece of your home. Um, it's the thing that's uh, keeping you dry, keeping you covered. So uh, Dan and his crew over there, Assurance Roofing, reach out to those guys. Um, also, our text line's open. Uh, you got any questions, um, real estate, uh, mortgage, um, anything that uh, that you think uh, you, uh, you know, you're out there and, and uh, you want to run by us, or if you got any feedback, 512-640-9610. We got one more. We got Kelly McKeon, Senior Financial Advisor with All Fluent Wealth Management and his brand new book, Retirement Test Run. Um, Kelly, there's a, a part in your book and you, know, you talk about, uh, you know, major purchases and and how can you kind of tie, you know, real estate into, you know, that, uh, you know, into a, a major purchase and, and how can we look at real estate like as a consumption? Explain that to us. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a major purchase. Yeah, Probably definitely. The, the most major purchase that people have. And I think when I look at it as a consumption item, I don't mm-hmm. mean that it, it is an investment. I don't think it's your main investment. I right. think that after you sell it and pay your cost to remodel, you know, the upkeep and taxes, the interest, all mm-hmm. the stuff and uh, that it takes to sell it, you know, what you make back if you make a profit, obviously that's an investment, right? right. And if you divide that out, it's probably not your best investment. I mean, mm-hmm. Austin right now probably messes that up over the last four or five years. <laughs> yeah, but, definitely. But um, over the long period of time, that, that when you view an investment, or at least when I view an investment, it's when I earned an income or earned something on it. Right. No one's paid me to live at my house since I've been there, right? Right, exactly. And so that's where I kind of look at it is, you know, when people are buying their, their first home and they're looking for what do I need, Right. If you're, you know, two people, or I'll use myself as an example, right? I only needed 1,400 square feet. I probably didn't even need that when I bought mm-hmm. the first place. And then when I got married, uh, the wife and I occupied pretty much the same place, right? And, you know, together on the couch, together in the bed, right? And then when we had a child, he's very small. But when these beginners get in, a lot of times they come in the office or, you know, they've been with me working for a while and they're looking to buy their first home and right. they want to buy it for these fictional kids that don't exist. Yeah, I've seen it. And, you know, mm-hmm. being, uh, you know, branch manager of mortgage company, you know, you, you see it all the time. These folks come in there and you you don't want our debt to income ratios to, you know, uh, uh, be the end all be all on how much home you buy. You know, how much home can you afford? I mean, that question right there, you know, how would you take that question? I mean, how much, how much home can we buy? I mean, we get that all the time. You're like, what do you want us to do? You want us to max out your ratios and tell you the absolute max and then translate that to the home that you can afford? We're missing something there. What are we missing? Yeah, when you look at it, you always do want to keep a mindset of, I, I want to buy something that has a resale value. I mean, there's no doubt. But to oversimplify it, if I'm one person, a one-bedroom is all I need, right? Right. From a consumption standpoint. Mm-hmm. 
you're not going to do that. It probably doesn't have a high resale value, but uh, just to oversimplify it. Now, if you have, uh, you get married and you want an extra room from people visit, two bedrooms makes sense. If you have four bedroom, right, then you have two or three bedrooms you never use right. over consumption. Now, again, I want to buy a house because I'm going to have three kids. So I'm going to buy a five-bedroom house. Well, you don't have any kids yet. So it might be, you know, five years. It could take a while. So if you've tried to have a kid and had some struggles with it, it could take a couple of years to even get one. And it takes nine months after that for them to come out. And then it takes two or three years. I got a little son. He's about to be three. He's about 37 inches tall. I mean, he doesn't occupy that much space. <laughs> And, you know, I see him running full speed to get 100 yards away. And uh-huh. so, you know, 1,400, 1,500 square foot's a mansion to him. Right. And so, realistically speaking, your first home in my, you know, and what I believe in is buy something that, one, is not too much for you to handle. Mm-hmm. Let's just start there, right? You want to make sure that you first learning about owning a house. So, you don't want to learn on a 4,500 square foot house that stuff breaks right yeah exactly ac units hot water heaters there's bugs there's all these different costs that go in there that you don't even know about there's stuff i lived in a house for like eight years before someone even told me that i had to do certain things to the ac every year like yeah. bleach and a certain other uh things to keep it up to to, to muster or whatever right. and so you want to learn those things in your first home smaller home where it's lower cost and lower activity to get it done most people in their first home are very busy you know they're not going to be typically in their 40s or anything like that and be in their 20s or young 30s and so get something small you can manage you can learn on and then also it will start to teach you what the things are that you want because these people i and i talk to them all the time i work with a lot of them as well and i don't want to offend anybody but they drop by their dream home like their first house or second house i want this this that the view of that and all this and it's crazy and they're going to grow into it yeah. You know, I've seen it. Um, you know, it's it's a couple that, uh, it, you know, you, you could see it kind of around you. I mean, my network's huge. I know a lot of folks. And, you know, I've, I've seen folks and even done, uh, you know, we've, we've done loans for them that, you know, it's 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 a brand new marriage, you know, and they sometimes they got some gift funds, sometimes they don't. But, you know, it's that it's that whole thought process of, you know, them, you know, when they're looking out, they're out there shopping, you know, they're picturing, you know, full family, you know, two or three kids and in the swing set, the jungle gems and in the, you know, the crisp open presents and uh, during the holidays and, you know, all that stuff. The truth is people only stay in their homes, I mean, six, five, six, seven years and you know, just getting that, you know, 38, 3900 square foot home just because you can afford it because you want to grow into it. I mean, just think about running AC upstairs for, you know, the, the next three years. I mean, that's a huge cost. So, I mean, what kind of model, I mean, what, how do you know, or, or what would you advise, I guess, on a, you know, first time home buyers, just kind of general rule of thumb, you know, is, you know, buy what you need, you know, because it's, you know, that's, it's so hard to define that. I mean, do you need a game room? Do you need, you know, four baths? Yeah, exactly. And now if you if you want that, that's different. If you can afford it and you want to go get it, then that's your business, it's your finances, you can do whatever you want. From a consumption standpoint, though, it's all about building assets to produce income. That piece can consume all of your income. So when you're just getting started and you have no other assets and you buy a $600,000 home, Unless you're making a ton of money, which, you know, this town does have a lot of people making a great income, it's just hard to build up the assets that will outproduce that because a $600,000 home doubles every 10 years, and now you got a $1.2 million home and you only put 50000 in your 401k. There's no way you're going to survive that. You can't even pay the taxes with it. Mm-hmm. And so when you're looking at it, it's more of, okay, you lived in an apartment that was 400 square feet. 
a condo of 700 square feet is almost twice of what you were used to be in. Absolutely. So 2,200 square foot house is insane. I mean, yeah. You're, but that's what people do. I want to buy a house. I want a yard. I want whatever. They're buying for their dogs nowadays. I have to have something where my dog is happy. My dog's happy. And, you know, you can get a dog door. You can get a, a small yard. I'm not saying to not do that. But a lot of people make these decisions based on all these things that are not necessarily true. You need to look at it as what can I afford? What do I need? Is it location? Is it size? What is it? Is there amenities I want or like? I mean, you know, because that's what you're trying to look at. But usually that's second home stuff. I mean, unless you have a family and you've been renting and you're making some different decisions, when you look at your second home, your second home will tell you, you know, I want to be in this school district. Right. You know, when my wife buys, that's, she looks at That's uh, when things get a little bit more complicated, you know, because it's not just about, you know, you. You know, it's you, you got some kids. I mean, a lot of folks, you know, it, it, it's something to be said about, you know, going for the good school districts. I mean, you, you can see it. I mean, appreciation follows good schools, you know, just like HEB. You know, so, um, you know, there's there's lots of things involved, but that transition from that first to the second, um, you know, there's, there's that's a, you know, a little bit more, a yeah, little bit more things. The case in point, I live in Steiner Ranch. Love yeah. it. It's absolutely wonderful. But there's $2 million houses mm-hmm. and there's $245,000 houses. Right. But we're all in Steiner Ranch. We right. all go to the same community pools. We all shop at the same places. We all drink the same bars. That's right. The thing is, is that, you know, again, if you're first moving to Steiner and, you, and you, you're young, you don't need to live in the $2 million home, right? If you can, God love you. But the thing is, is that you might be one person in a ginormous home. And so it's it, it's just looking at it more of what do I need and does it keep me from building assets so I can retire? And if it does, then that's a problem. If it doesn't, well, no problem. But that's more of a consumption item. I buy a house based on what I want. Like if I want a pool, I want a pool. That's it. It's not the resale value. If I want the square footage and we can afford it, then you want it. But when you're looking at it first and just to skip over to retirees, just to make sure we, we <laughs> lump them in on this. Right. Is I get retirees all the time that say – um we're moving to live closer to the grandkids. Right. Right. And then they move and guess what? The they parents don't. get another job <laughs> on the other side of town. Yeah. And so, you know, and how and they think they're going to see the grandkids every single day. It's going to be wonderful. And they don't, or they buy a big house because what if the, all the kids come over and we need rooms for every single kid and they don't. Right. And that's what I'm saying. The same thing with the kids you can over consume as a retiree. You might be able to afford a $2 million home and I have all these rooms that no one ever comes to. So you're saying there's a lot of similarities between your second home and potentially your last. Yeah, exactly. Your first and your last can be a mistake. The middle is is kind of the ground. But again, you can have as many rooms as you want if you can afford to offset the consumption. So if you've got you know, millions of dollars and, and you can pay the taxes, the upkeep, and still have the retirement income and do all the goals that you want to do, then that's a great thing. In the beginning, you don't have that. Most people don't have that. Um, but that's what you're trying to build up to is the house is a consumptionary item. You're going to live there. No one's going to pay you. You've got to keep it up. You've got to keep it resale value. You've got to be able to sell it for, for more than you got. Well, you paid for it. But guess what? You're going to turn around and buy another house. So, again, even if you make 70 grand, where are you going to live now? Definitely. Oh, I got to buy another house. There goes that 70 grand I just made again back into another house. So it's not going to produce income unless you get a bunch of roommates or start charging your family. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Kelly, Kelly McKeon, and uh, he's uh, author um, of the brand new book, uh, Retirement Test Run. And uh, I mean, Kelly, what can folks expect out of his book? And I really, it just kind of gives you an eye opening view at where you currently are and then gives you some techniques to kind of fix that. And, you know, again, it hopefully it will help you kind of get where you want to go. 
And uh, if anything, it's an introduction to me. If you ever want to come in and visit me, I mean, obviously you can uh, buy the book and never talk to me. There's nothing wrong with that. Or if you, uh, you know, want to see what we do, obviously that's kind of a lot of the blueprint of how we run our business. And um, yeah, you can check us out. You can get it at the website. It's www.allfluentwm.com. Uh, com also sells it. Cool. And there's an ebook. Obviously, you can get that if you're a techno person, technical person. There you go. And then if you'd like to give one away, of course. Yeah, well, no doubt, guys. We're going to give uh, a, a book away right now, uh, Kelly McKeon's Retirement Test Run. And, uh, folks, it's easy to do. Just reach out to us, 512-640-9610. You can text the word BOOK. And uh, we'll get that right out to you. Um, also, want to take a special uh, time to thank you, uh, Kelly, for being in the studio with us. Uh, thank you, uh, Shannon Register out there in Houston. Um, God bless all you folks out there. Thoughts and prayers. That's my hometown, my beloved Houston, Texas. Uh, we'll get through this. So guys, keep an eye out there. Special thanks to uh, you know Sean Finnegan, Senior Loan Officer, NRL Mortgage, and my co-host, my right-hand man in business. Um, also, uh, thanks to Patent Law Firm. Been supporting our show for five years now, guys. Thank you uh, for that and for, for uh, all you folks out there that uh, have a real estate needs. Patent Law Firm is uh, the company for you. Uh, Dan at Kitterling Insurance Roofing, um, thank you. Also, thank you all out there for listening, whether you're on the podcast online or right here on Talk 1370. Thank you for making this the best real estate show in Central Texas. 